Detoxification is really a term that refers to metabolic pathways in your cells, mostly your liver, but all cells to a certain extent have the ability to detoxify, right? So it's the, it refers to metabolic pathways that transform a toxic substance into a relatively inert metabolic substances that's been detoxified so that you can then eliminate it via the urine, the bile, the stool, right? Now, keep in mind that anything that you inhale and you ingest, almost anything that you inhale and that you ingest that's not 100% completely natural to the human biological system is actually a toxin. Welcome to the Nutrition Content Creator Podcast. This is where health and wellness professionals come to nail their nutrition content game, scale their practices, and get clients the results they are looking for. Get ready to unlock your potential as a nutrition professional. I'm your host, Jeannie Petrucci, registered dietitian, nutritionist, culinary coach, and expert nutrition content creator. And I'm super excited to go on this journey with you, supporting you with actionable steps you can take to save time and become more competitive. In this podcast, I'll provide you with solutions. I'll be sharing my knowledge and expertise on how to create compelling, dynamic nutrition content that attracts, serves, and retains your ideal clients. Content that also supports you with growing your practice. Let's get into today's episode. Today's episode is an interview with Dr. Sheila Dean, a leader in integrative and functional nutrition. Together, we unpack how to apply evidence-based detoxification to practice and how you can translate the science for your clients and communities. Grab your favorite beverage and pen and paper because Sheila is not holding back. I am so excited to share this conversation with you. Enjoy. Welcome back, everyone. I have an amazing guest for you today who many of you probably already know, but we're going to be getting to know. Dr. Sheila Dean a little bit better today and a lot about how she has impacted the industry and, you know, hear her story. So Sheila, welcome. Hey, thanks, Jeannie. Hey, everybody. So Sheila, I would like you to introduce yourself as if somebody has never met you before. Now, a lot of our listeners know who you are. You are a leader in the industry, uh, but if somebody didn't know who you were, how would you introduce yourself? Tell us. Well, how <laughs> would be I like to keep that part brief, but uh, <laughs> which, which is just simply that, uh, you know, functional nutritionist offering medical education, functional nutrition, medical education for healthcare practitioners. But my story, my, it's, yeah, it's pretty interesting, you know, how hey. this all came about. Well, what happened was it's been a while, somewhere around the year 2000, I was a conventionally trained dietitian and diabetes educator, a CDE. And as an educator and nutrition counselor, I worked in conjunction with an endocrinologist to support patients with type 1 and type 2 diabetes in managing their symptoms. It was fairly traditional work within the limits of the standard of care at the time. And in addition, I had this small private practice on the side using, you know, common and conventional tools in my toolkit, uh, carb counting, food exchanges, calorie counts and reduced fat diets, that sort of thing, right? So I, I was lamenting one day at how unfulfilling my career sort of felt for me, my lack of satisfaction with my career was becoming practical, was, was palpable, right? I remember asking myself, is this really all that there is? Did I go through all of this work, four years of undergrad, my clinical internship, passing my national board exams to come up with these kind of simple meal plans? Because if this was all there was to the field of nutrition, I was moving on. I was contemplating a career change and uh, into music, actually. So a real pivot, a major 180 pivot. Around the same time, I began to hear the rumblings of a relatively new term for me, right back in the year 2000, functional medicine, when a dear friend and a fellow RD made me aware of the various functional medicine courses and conferences out there. So for me at the time, the cost was pretty staggering, but I took a leap of faith, invested in myself, and in September of 2001, I began my new educational process and it truly transformed my entire practice and career, right? This whole new world 
was opening up to me regarding these scientifically supported methods for truly preventing and healing patients with chronic disease, as opposed to just merely, you know, just managing symptoms. And all of these cases were coming my way of people with these conditions that I really wouldn't have known how to handle otherwise, right? They were suddenly turning into these success stories. So people with intestinal problems, brain fog, fibromyalgia, skin issues, people with multiple autoimmune diseases, thyroid conditions, hormone imbalances, right? And the more I implemented the tools that I was learning as a functional medicine dietitian, the more that I found uh, that I was actually healing my patients. And you know, Jeannie, there was a time where I was afraid to use the term heal or even dare I say, you're right. Right. Yeah. yeah, Those were words we didn't say. So once I saw the power of functional nutrition, particularly the power of detox, the science of detoxification in action, I knew that I needed to learn as much as I could. And so now getting the word out uh, to as many nutrition professionals is really, is my goal, is our goal at IFNA. And in the meantime, there's so many wonderful movers and shakers uh, that I've learned from Ultimately, the point, suffice it to say, the point is that my career was immediately reinvigorated. Uh, I had all this new amazing information, these new realms of understanding and practice that set me on a course of like of lifetime, lifetime learning using an evidence-based approach, right? A yeah. systems biology approach with nutrition being at the central focus for treatment and cure. So ultimately I could see my practice becoming completely transformed and infused with this new sense of energy. So thank you for having me to participate here to talk to you about more about this. So much to unpack here. I'm like ready to just grab my cup of coffee, sit back and listen to Sheila all day. (laughs) This is so much to unpack in what, in everything you just shared your story and so many lessons here. So Before we move forward, I actually want to take a step back because I think that a lot of our listeners do find themselves in a position and what, you know, whether it's like permanent or just you have bad days where like, oh, is this really what I should be doing? And then something happens like a trigger where really a fire ignites in your belly. That's the only way I can describe it because I had that same feeling, right? I had gone through my dietetic internship and I was just going to change the world with MNT and you know, when I started practicing, I'm like, uh-oh, you know, it's not not quite what I thought it was going to be. And it sounds like you had a very similar experience where, you know, you really had this passion and, and it was going to be one or the other, like you were either going to go for it or you were going to bail. And neither one is the right answer, right? Because sometimes it does make sense to make a pivot and do something different. By the way, what was your music career before we go forward? What did you Well, I, I'm really, I, I mean, I'm just an amateur musician, but at the time, you know, 20 years ago, there was an opportunity for me to go to ch- continue training and, and eventually go professional. So uh, within, I, I play the drums and I'm a pianist, but um, I, I'm really, right now I'm just amateur. I, I never did okay. take that route. And it's because, it's because I was close. It, it's because I was starting to get very disillusioned. I felt like, you know, like you just said, I, I went through the internship. I was really excited. And then and then when it came down to it, I felt very limited. I felt like I had my hands tied behind my back. I felt like um, I wasn't as autonomous as I wanted to be. And right. when I went to my very first functional nutrition, functional medicine presentation, I was blown away. And I was the person that went back and looked up all of those references because I wanted to be able to think independently for my own and not just pair it with somebody had told me. Yes. I, wanted to, I wanted to know for sure. And I was amazed as to how much was in the literature, was scientifically supported. And, um, and when I started to slowly incorporate these principles of functional nutrition um, into my practice, you know, it was amazing how I, I I didn't even have to worry about marketing the practice. The, 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 these success stories were marketing themselves. Yeah. Right. So that that's going to be lesson number two. Let's wrap up lesson one. Lesson one is if you do have job dissatisfaction, which is not uncommon in our industry, right? Because we're trained a certain way to do things, you know, a certain way. And when it's not working out for us personally, we just feel kind of defeated. But What I love about your story and what really resonates with me is that you really dipped your toe in first, 
right, into learning about, well, okay, functional nutrition, integrative and functional nutrition, you know, maybe this is the way I want to go. And it became clear to you after kind of your first sip of that water that you were all in. It sounds like you're, you were just all in. And so lesson number two, once you became trained and you started using those principles in your practice, you became refreshed and your job took on new meaning and your mission took on new meaning and your business was healthier. And that is lesson number two, right? So if you're, you're, you're following a passion, you decide to really embrace it and then implement the principles in practice, you will see, as long as you're, you know, evidence-based practice, you will see results for your clients and it will drive business. So it sounds like you found that to be true in your I, experience. I did. Well, okay. and there's more to the story, which I'll share with all of you some other Thanks. time, because there were very specific steps that I took. And so at the time, things are a little different now with everything being a lot more um, telehealth and online and yeah. social media. We didn't really have social media back in the year 2000, right? It was a little bit different, but I, <laughs> right. I think some of the tactics that I took, I think I could, you know, that some of that still stands and, you know, and, and not to skip ahead, Jeannie, but I will tell you that there were a lot of terms that were very unclear at the time and what we're, and some of those we'll be talking about today, uh, you know, especially detoxification is a big one. So that's why I'm so excited. And I absolutely wanted to jump in today and discuss this with you because these were terms that were not clearly defined. They were elusive terms. And once all of that emerged and came, became clear for me, you know, and I understood what that looked like and how to be able to tackle it, you know, it made all the difference in the world. Right. I'm glad that you brought that up because we, we were going to be talking about kind of the detox industry, you know, as a dietitian, I'm sure you already looked at it with a skeptical eye, but then once you had this functional nutrition training and you, you really understood on a cellular level what it meant, it became clear to you, right? Right, And then of course, you're now in a position where you can educate other practitioners so that they can debunk the myth that just perpetuates about detox, right? And I, and I do want to say that of all the areas that needs education, I'd say detoxification is really right up there at the very top of the list because, because it's so, because if you were to cross-section 100 different practitioners, you're not going to get 100 same answers. So it's really important that this education get out there so people understand because, because there's so much that could be done. Yes. And it's so exciting. Yes. Right? Yes. There's so much that could be done. And there's so much good information. And, and, and what you all are doing is incredible. It's just mind-blowing, right? So I, so I really think that of all the different areas, this is an area that needs to be, we, we really need to get the information out there and get the technology out to uh, nutrition professionals that are standing in line, ready and waiting to get this out there to their clients, to the, to the consumer. And what's really cool about the way that we partner, so disclosure, um, Sheila and her partner, Kathy Swift, uh, run in the IFNA, which you've already mentioned, but we didn't define it, it's Integrative and Functional Nutrition Academy. Their focus and their mission is to educate practitioners on integrative and functional nutrition, but we're, we're talking about detoxification today. So really supporting practitioners with understanding on a cellular level what detoxification means. My job and my team's job is to translate that into consumer-facing content so that the practitioner, it's like just go time, right? So, and actually, you know, Sheila, we could use your story just as a perfect example. If a practitioner, it, you know, signs up to become, if not certified practitioner, they will really understand detoxification, but then how do they communicate that to their clients in MNT and how do they communicate sure. that to their communities, right? That's not easy. Like that right. requires, I mean, I have a master's degree in nutrition education and how to translate that science. So that's why our partnership, just to inform all of our listeners, that's why our partnership is so valuable to both Ifna, Kathy and Sheila and myself, because we just bring it full circle for those practitioners who want to get serious about learning about detoxification. Step one, step two is, okay, now I'm going to turn to my community and share that information. Um, well, and, and you said, Sheila, it's difficult because of the detox industry. It's truly a constant battle. Like there are certain times of years are worse than others, but like, it's just constant. That's right. And as nutrition professionals, as healthcare professionals, we need yep. to reclaim one of the most divisive words in the field. Yep. And we and so I think with the education, that's how you do it. You know, it's it's really about educating, it's about looking at the science and then translating that into clinical practice. 
Beautiful. Oh, great. So good start, Sheila. We're off to a good start. All right. So the next thing that I'd like you to cover for our guests is really understanding toxicity. Now, I like to think that most of our listeners have a basic understanding of toxicity. They know that drinking green juices for seven days isn't going to detox your body and that we need to optimize our own body's uh, detoxification process and pathways. So could you just explain it on a little bit of a deeper level for our listeners, you know, kind of what toxicity is and okay. what detoxification is in the body? I'm going to try my best because it okay. is it is kind of broad. So <laughs> no, bear with me. Give okay. me a couple minutes here. I'm okay. going to try I'll, to say I'll, this I'll as really, as proud I'll, as really okay. I'll really in if you start going off the real okay. Don't worry. <laughs> no problem. All right, y'all. So here's the thing. Detoxification is really a term that refers to metabolic pathways in your cells, mostly your liver, but all cells to a certain extent have the ability to detoxify right? So it's the, it refers to metabolic pathways that transform a toxic substance into a relatively inert metabolic substances that's been detoxified so that you can then eliminate it via the urine, the bile, the stool, right? Now, keep in mind that anything that you inhale and you ingest, almost anything that you inhale and that you ingest that's not 100% completely natural to the human biological system is actually a toxin. That doesn't have to mean, I'm not necessarily referring to overt toxins like, you know, secondhand smoke or lead poisoning, right? Those are obvious overt examples of overt toxins, but it could even include something like a medication, even the coating on the medication, an artificial chemical uh, sweetener, Anything that's not natural, our bodies every day, 24-7, detoxify that so that you don't, you don't, and it's, not, it's something that we don't really think about. We don't even right. notice it's because your body is doing what it's supposed to be doing, generally speaking, assuming that you have all the nutrients uh, that you need to support the process because it is a nutritionally driven process. Let me say that again. Detoxification is driven by nutrients. There's essentially two major phases or steps. Phase one is a series of enzymes called, okay, your cytochrome P450s, sounds fancy, just think of them as, as a family of enzymes that take this toxic substance and then convert it into an intermediate. It's important that you know that because the intermediate in and of itself is actually fairly volatile. It's still not completely quieted down. In fact, that intermediate is often more volatile and more metabolically destructive than the, uh, the same substance that it started out as. Your body then, the, the second phase sort of kicks in, this second step kicks in and takes that intermediate via a vitamin, a mineral, or some kind of amino acid, glutathione often, a methyl group, an acetyl group, and it then attaches or conjugates right? Connects, conjugates, that's what conjugating means, connects to the intermediate, converts it into a benign inert substance. And then phase three is nothing more than elimination, right? Where we eliminate how we're all the, all the pathways that we understand, we eliminate the stool, the urine, the breathing, just breathing is a form of elimination, right? That through the breath. So that is in a nutshell, what detoxification is in the literature, you might read about it in uh, using terms like biochemical transformation, biochemical metabolic detoxification. So it all essentially means the same thing. So to even suggest that nutrition has nothing to do with detox isn't really understanding what detoxification scientifically is even about. And this is very well documented in the literature. And believe it or not, you're going to find a lot of this in the pharmaceutical literature because pharmaceutical um, industry understands very well that all pharmaceuticals have to be detoxified. Right. So every pharmacist is going to get trained on how a medication is detoxified, but anything that's foreign. So, and by the way, there's a term for that. That's called a xenobiotic, X-E-N-O. It refers to a- are you, wait, hold, hold, are you guys taking notes? Because if you haven't been taking notes, you might not get it. Uh, Sheila, clearly- you are a teacher because this is brilliant. Like uh, this is, I love how you're breaking everything down for everybody. So thank you so much.
Of course. So, okay. So we understand that there's two steps. We understand that there's a series of enzymes that allow these substances to get for, go through this detoxification phase. And there are many different enzymes. And I should say that these substances are unique to enzymes. And there are charts out there that you can actually look up which drug, what substance is detoxified by what enzyme. There are inhibitors of enzymes. There are inducers of enzymes. There's all sorts of different details. And we teach some of that in IFNA training. I'm going to give you one example because I think it's the most interesting example. Excellent. Um, for example, statins. Statins are a, a, a type of medication uh, referred to as HMG-CoA reductase inhibitors. They're what, you, as, they're what you know that your patients take to uh, prevent them from making cholesterol, right? So you might be familiar with a statin drug. And oftentimes the patient is told not to drink grapefruit juice when they are on a statin drug. And, and the reason for that is because uh, grapefruit juice alters the way the enzyme detoxifies the statin, right? And so it keeps the statin in your system more a, a little longer. It's, a, it's an inhibitor of the enzyme. So what that means is if you take that statin drug, it stays in your system a, a little too long and it can become potentially toxic, right? Mm -hmm. So, so this may sound like something your pharmacist needs to know, but actually it's something that I think nutrition practitioners to a certain extent need yeah. to at least know, not necessarily memorize, but know where to go find the information. You can easily look these things up, right? They, there's charts and we provide all of those things. Caffeine gets metabolized through a certain type of P450, cytochrome P450, medications, estrogens, hormones. So here's where I'm going with this. There are different reasons why this process can become thwarted. And that's where detoxification, a conversation on detoxification for clinicians comes in, right? Because there, you can't assume that everyone is detoxifying correctly at the same rate. Why? Well, a couple of different basic reasons. Number one, poor diet, yeah. <laughs> right? Obviously, if someone has a poor diet and doesn't have the basic nutrients to support that process, detoxification will be compromised. Period. Number two, if your patient has been on certain medications for a long time, we know that there are what we call drug-induced nutrient depletions. If you take certain medications, it's well-documented that certain medications deplete nutrients. So for example, if you're on a beta blocker, we know that beta blockers are, are deplete one, a person of magnesium, but magnesium is involved in two thirds of your body's detoxification processes. It's one of the biggest players in detox. So it's, we're not asking nutrition professionals to now be pharmacists, but they should be at least aware and, and can work with pharmacists and physicians to be aware of how they can support their patients nutritionally, right? Because we're not going to tell our patients to necessarily come on or go on or come off a of medication, but we want to be aware of the big picture, how to assess it, how to, how to do a root cause analysis, how to assess it holistically so that we can offer the best detoxification nutrition plan for our patients. That's amazing. Before we move on to consumer and community assessment, because I, I, you're hinting at that a little bit now, I just want to take a half a step back about the nutrition support for detoxification. So you talked about the three phases of detoxification and the different metabolic pathways. And there are, you know, at a consumer level, you're not having that conversation with your patients necessarily. Like they right. want to know, sure, right? So, and, and especially with something like magnesium where supplementation can be important, you are going to be talking about supplementation, but you are always going to be talking about food. So if you could just break down for us, you know, what are some of the foods that practitioners can recommend to clients to optimize detoxification in phase one, two, and three. I mean, immediately for phase three, I think fiber, obviously, right, to help your body eliminate those end products. But what about phase one and phase two? Okay, well, that, that's a wonderful question. And um, does it so, depend on what you're trying to detoxify? Yeah. So, okay. Okay. Well, no, 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 no. Uh, close, close. Okay. So phase one, keep this in mind. Phase one is really more about those enzymes, those cytochrome P450 enzymes. Okay. So nutritionally, what we're really depending on there are going to be 
your phytonutrients that are come mostly from foods, right? I mean, you can get phytonutrients from nutraceuticals and supplements, but let's face it, you know, the best way to get phytonutrients is from colorful so, whole food, right? Yes, the antioxidants, right? The right. phytonutrients are, are the antioxidants in the plants right. that give them color. So that's, that's, why right. we say, that's why we say eat the rainbow, right? But, so it could be something as simple as saying to your clients, you know, if you're eating the rainbow, you're getting a wide variety of antioxidants that can support phase one. Yeah, phase one, but also certain branch chain amino acids, okay. B vitamins are going to be a big part of that. But but I do want to just take a, a little side, offer a little side note here that's really Please. important to this part. All enzymes are proteins. Remember, we got remember how back in uh, basic nutrition we learned what proteins are, and uh, and we know that every enzyme is fundamentally is a protein. Yes, and because every enzyme is a protein, we know that proteins are susceptible to something called SNPs. SNP is an acronym, acronym that refers to single nucleotide polymorphisms. My, I don't want to go off too, too much on a tangent, but let me just say that any protein can have a genetic variant. Now, the only way you would know that is uh, really by doing running a genetic panel. My point is that there are genetic panels that show you which cytochrome P450s have, in, in your patients, have variants that compromise their detoxification. This is going to be important if you really want to get to the heart of what, you know, specifically to recommend beyond a basic generic uh, sort of detoxification plan, which really is actually not even that generic because they're so, right. they actually are targeted in just by virtue of the fact that they're detox oriented. But so, so you can run labs to assist you with getting your recommendations even more targeted. But generally speaking, all your antioxidants, your especially your B vitamins, your branched chain amino acids, your flavonoids, glutathione is huge. These are the kinds of things that you're really going to want to make sure that you're assessing your patients for and that making sure that they're getting in in a way that's going to be doable for them. But the thing is, Jeannie, tell me, if, am I jumping ahead of myself when I say we have to know what that physical, what clinically uh, that looks like uh, in so terms we're, of- we're, Yes, we're moving on to that now. So, hey, guys, this is all free. This is free education. <laughs> I'm just sitting here listening to you, just taking it all in. It's, it's amazing. I know that our listeners are getting real value out of what you're saying. So thank you so much with- uh, for sharing this information so freely. Very important. Um, and, and, you know, those, I, I was having this conversation actually with Jess, Jess Swift, Chef Jess, who was a student of IFNA, and she is now a certified, uh, um, integrative and functional nutrition certified practitioner. And she was sharing about, you know, these tests, genetic tests, like you mentioned, being available to us in the industry. Now, these tests are available to everyone, but you need to know how to take action on the results. You need to know how to translate those protocols. And that's what you just said, right? So if somebody right. has this genetic mutation, this SNP, then you can actually, as a dietitian or healthcare professional, take action on it by making well, recommendations. Well, and and really the step before that is the assessment step, right? Yes. So the patient okay, comes so in. Do, yep, let's do that. We're gonna in, talk they about filled that. Out, they filled out your assessment forms, which by the way, we we provide all of those at IFNA if you don't have one ready to go, both online, fillable, paper version, any version you want. And now they give you these symptoms. So what is that gonna look like? How are you as the clinician? How are you gonna be able to identify someone who really needs to be, you know, uh, need, where you need to focus on supporting their detoxification. So this is not in any particular order, but let me just uh, share some of these with you. So acne and unhealthy skin is a big one, right? So if you are in a position where you could do some sort of nutrition physical, where you're assessing hair, skin, nails, right, uh, tongue, uh, and you see signs, and, and of course, this is where, again, training comes in, and if the training offers this, signs that demonstrate that, you know, there's some detoxification issues going here. Okay, so acne, unhealthy skin. This is definitely something to keep on your radar. The dark rings around the eyes. Huge, guys. This is a big one. It's not just lack of sleep. Sometimes this is a detoxification issue. The puffy eyes, the dark rings around the eyes, the bloating. Right now, obviously, bloating is, is something that's a GI issue, but it's a combo issue, right? It's a combo G, GI, detoxification issue, swelling, puffing, bloating, Hormonal imbalances, hormonal imbalances, weight gain, poor bowel function, 
Notice all the GI issues kind of go hand in hand with detox, right? Chronic fitigue, any type of fatigue order, mitochondropathy, myopathy disorder, fibromyalgia. These are, you know, check, check, ding, ding. This should trigger you into thinking, okay, let's assess this person's detoxification a little bit more, a little deeper. And ultimately, the meal plan that you recommend you know, really needs to incorporate principles of detoxification to support that patient's detoxification. Now, can you assess it with a labs? Yes, sure. There's there's labs, the genetic labs, there's various functional labs that you can use to detect to assess so that you have before and after. Um, but you, you can still support a patient nutritionally without the labs. You know, it just sort of depends on where the patient is and how you're what the patient wants to do, which is kind of a different subject. But that's those are some of the health challenges associated with toxicity in general. Excellent. And so, you know, as a practitioner who might not be well trained in integrative and functional nutrition yet, what you're saying is that they can still notice signs and symptoms and take some action to optimize somebody's detoxification process, no matter kind of where they are on the scale, right? Whether they they have suboptimal detoxification or whether they have decent, I mean, you know, or whether it's decent, right? Detoxification, because Mm -hmm. as you age, I'm guessing, and correct me if I'm wrong, but as you age, does your body naturally kind of lose its ability to detoxify? You know, we're not, we're not necessarily. I think it's a great question, Gina. Okay. I'm so glad you brought that up. So I think to a certain extent, yes, but okay. I would say that not necessarily, it's not as early as we think. It's not necessarily in our 50s or 60s because a lot of those are just lifestyle behaviors that cause mm, that right. compromise. Right. I mean, like right. if you're, if once you start getting really, you know, a person starts pushing into their later years, I think I'm sure there's some issues related to age, but if you were, but to just only tease out only age as the contributing factor in and of itself, I'm not sure that it's as big of a player as people think it is. I think we use it as an excuse and I get that because I'm, you know, <laughs> Even myself in my 50s, you know, I'm like, oh, I'm getting older. But a lot of this is just what we're exposed to, folks. And it's not necessarily that your diet is poor all the time. It's all, it can be just what you're exposed to. I mean, people that work with, um, for example, with a lot of household chemicals, people that work in environments where there might be contaminants and pollutants, agricultural chemicals, these are also people that might be at higher risk, right? So these are things to keep in mind, these kinds of things. But there's a lot of different reasons. Diet, drug buggers, and, and, uh, and uh, drug-induced nutrient depletions are the three things that I think of. Diet, drug buggers, and drug-induced nutrient. And, and of course, uh, you know, these SNPs, uh, these genetic variants are, are the reasons why, generally speaking, a person's ability to detoxify becomes compromised. And so now the question becomes, how do you talk about this with your patient in a way that's digestible, in a way that you know they can you know take that first step? So we're moving on to your pro, Sheila. We're moving on to content for communicating, quote unquote, the truth about detoxification, right? So Sheila has covered a lot of the science behind detoxification. And we're eating it up. Like we're just loving this conversation and hearing from her. But when it comes to communicating to the consumer, either in the medical nutrition therapy counseling session, or let's just say you're doing a community presentation on detoxification, or maybe an employee wellness program about detoxification, what would be the best approach? I think the best approach is step one, doing an assessment of where their readiness, of their readiness to change, number one, right? Just because, just because they came to you doesn't necessarily mean they're ready to, you know, make all the changes that they think or say they want to, that, you know, you really have to kind of, you have to do a thorough assessment and sort of get a feel for where they're at. And that means you have to really listen. You have to take some time to listen. You know, we have two ears and one mouth. (laughs) So we have to do, we have to take a thorough history and do a thorough assessment. But once you've done all of that, then it's really about assessing what their diet looks like so that you know, you know, how aggressive you can get 
based on the input that they've given you with the changes that need to be made. Everyone's going to be a little bit different and what everyone needs to do is going to be a little, a little bit different. For today's purposes, I'd like to offer four or five key nutrients, phytonutrients that I would absolutely, that are, we should be on the top of your list. If I may, am I jumping ahead? Do you need no, to you're not. No, let's, this is, I, this is amazing. I mean, I, I, you know, I, we always, uh, on the nutrition content creator podcast, we always focus on practical applications and huge takeaways. So this is going to be that for our listeners. So I just want to also remind everyone that these are my, my thoughts. These are my recommendations. And there may be some other practitioners that, you know, offer something slightly different, but listen, yeah. at the very top of the list, guys, at the very top of the list are going to be your crucifers. Brassica glucosinolates, broccoli, cabbage, cauliflower, Brussels sprouts, watercress, arugula. Get them in there. Get them in there as often as possible. Uh, it doesn't always have to be raw. They can be cooked. Hopefully we're not overcooking them. Those are the details right. that you can provide with them as you work with your client. These confer incredible chemoprotective beneficial effects. Also, they help build up glutathione, which is the most, the single most important antioxidant of the entire mammalian system. And the number one depleter of glutathione, and you're not going to like this. I'm sorry, this is not a popular thing to say, y'all, is alcohol. Okay. I, you know, I was, I, I have a note to myself here to talk about that a little bit, because I don't think that you can talk about detoxification and the main organ supporting that being the liver without talking about alcohol. So yeah. Can you take a few minutes to talk about that right now? And then we're, we're going to go back to your first recommendation with crucifers, but I do want to hear, and I'm sure our listeners want to hear a little bit about alcohol and its impact. Well, the thing is alcohol isn't classified as a nutrient. And believe it or not, there have been dietitians that um, have erroneously taught that alcohol is a class of nutrients. Okay. And so we know that it's not because what is the definition of a nutrient? It's anything that it's, well, for the purposes of today, it's a nutrient that if you don't consume, you will develop, you will exhibit some sort of deficiency over time, right? That doesn't happen with alcohol. You can, you can be born and you can die and never have consumed a right. drop of alcohol and you'll never exhibit a deficiency. So that's a major criteria for the definition of a nutrient. So that being said, because it's not considered a nutrient, in fact, it's considered a toxin uh, by the body. That carries First, calories, by the way. <laughs> it carries no, calories. It carries calories per gram. It's yeah. not a freebie. That's right. So the first thing that happens is once it leaves the stomach, it immediately goes into the bloodstream straight to the liver to be detoxified because the body preferentially wants to detoxify alcohol. Part of the problem there is all of these resources are now constantly being applied towards detoxification of alcohol. And guess what gets put on the back burner? The proper metabolic processing of fats which is one of the reasons why fats start to accumulate in the liver. Mm -hmm. And then over time, if alcohol is consumed and then abused in, in quantities above and beyond, then if that your fatty liver eventually becomes cirrhotic or cirrhosis of the liver. That's an extreme situation. But that, so, so it's very important to know that you really want to minimize or even completely eliminate. I know it's not a popular thing. I know we all, many people love their glass just, of wine. You no, know, let's just say this. Like, yes, like my... When I was practicing, like there were three things my clients did not want to hear from me about reducing their intake, coffee, chocolate, and alcohol. <laughs> and so, you know, you, and, and plus, you know, the, the notion that there are, you know, zones throughout the world where people do enjoy a glass of wine with dinner and they have good health outcomes, but we know that that's not because of the alcohol in the wine. It could be because of the phytonutrients in the wine, but also be the socialization and kind of their lifestyle generally surrounding that. So lifestyle, I think, right? And their activity right? level. Activity, and activity level, right? They probably, you know, worked all day or walked all day and then they sit down for dinner, a healthier dinner with their family and have a glass of wine. But that that's not what we're talking about. We're, you know, talking about regular consumption of alcohol and it interrupting this detoxification pathway. The good news, Sheila, is that there are now de-alcoholized wines on the market. I have tried them all because I don't drink, um, but I do, you know, I do buy into the health benefits of the uh, antioxidants and the skins of the grapes. So I want to, and I also like to socialize. So I like to have a glass of wine without having the alcohol. 
And there's some really, really great options. So now, so would you say that that could be, you know, something that has one of the greatest impacts on detoxification? If you have a client who's coming in, let's say it's a, a woman who's having three glasses of red wine per night. If she were to not drink three glasses of wine per night or reduce that, would that support optimal detoxification? Oh, oh yeah. Oh yeah, absolutely. Okay. Okay. Well, let me, let me just say though that I think what you're touching on is so important, but I'm going to just offer a little bit more context. Please. So listen, y'all, it's about the balance, right? It's about what, not just not, not only what goes out, but you also want to think about what's coming in. And that's a way to organize your thoughts. You can basically, it can be nothing more than get rid of, re remove, and what needs to come in, right? So uh, rid and remove, right? Or no, 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 right. I'm saying it the other way around. But anyway, anyway, my point is what needs to come out and what needs to yes. go in. Yes. That's <laughs> what we get to need to get and what we need to rid ourselves of. Okay, I got it right. straight. So, so the, the recommendation to the alcohol is going to go in the category of what needs to be eliminated. We also talked about the things that we want in the diet, which I, I started by giving you. Yeah, let's, and let, let's, keep going, let's keep going on. So, so, right. so now, right now I want to say that one of the things that I personally do is I have a subscription to uh, PubMed where I receive, I have certain keywords that I've, uh, that I have in PubMed and it, every single day I'm sent research that filters out the articles and the studies that I want to read about. And I will tell you, you would be shocked as to on a daily basis, how much research is being done on get ready. It's not just a, a category of phytonutrients, but one particular phytonutrient, holy cow, resveratrol. Wow. And resveratrol is, I have never seen one negative study with resveratrol Berry phenolics in your raspberries and your strawberries and your blueberries are extremely important, y'all. Those berries are powerful. In fact, there are, I am not kidding you when I tell you folks that there are, there are drug companies that would die. They are working on actively right now on trying to take uh, a form of resveratrol to try it and modify it so that it can be patented and sell it as a drug. It's powerful. Food is medicine. Resveratrol, the brassicas, the alliums, your garlic and onions. I, I, I mean, not only ingesting it. Now, this is just a side note and a little bit off the record. Can I say that I, I once had a situation where want. a friend of mine got had a had an injury, and she literally all we had with us while we were ha was uh, we happened to have a garlic clove, believe it or not, and she actually cut it and stuck it in her wound until we could get her medical care to prevent that thing from getting infected. I am not kidding. We stuck a garlic clove in her leg to prevent it from infecting until we got her to it to the to the ER because she seriously lacerated her leg, her thigh. So it's it's powerful stuff. Curcumin, right? Curcumin in turmeric, in curry powders. Curcumin is a very powerful antioxidant. There are thousands upon thousands of references in PubMed. I it it. You don't, I mean, it almost goes without saying it's so popular and it's so powerful. I still think that, yes, you can take curcumin supplements, but eating it in your food is probably uh, the single most powerful way to really gain the health benefits. You can consume it pretty freely. You don't have to restrict yourself. You don't have to worry about o ODing. You know, you don't have to necessarily, it's not like you're taking, uh, you know, a medication. You can have liberal amounts of it. You could spoon it and you don't have to just sprinkle it and you could spoon it into your foods. I know that my father who just had surgery on his eye has been spooning in curcumin into his, um, his carrot juice and drinking it as an anti-inflammatory. So great stuff. Wonderful way to support detoxification. Fantastic. Green tea polyphenols, right? The ECGC in green tea doesn't even have to be caffeinated. Doesn't have to be decaffeinated. Does, have it, to does be it have to be matcha? Does it have to be matcha? Not, this, not, all, not all green tea. All green tea, especially yeah, even green tea, but also to a certain extent the white tea. The yep. white tea, yep. As long as those the, the green tea polyphenols. Now, in and of itself, by itself, um, I don't think. Mother Nature intended for any one polyphenol bio, you know, to be to be considered, you know, to, to be as powerful as a drug. If that were the case, every time I took a bite into my meal, my physiology would be whipsawed, you know, right. all over the place. I mean, I, I'd say that resveratrol comes pretty darn close, but I think the really the 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 beauty in it is the symphony. 
the orchestra of the nutrients in combination, which is why it's so difficult to study, right? Because studies, the best, because right now, traditionally studies are designed to look at one molecule, one for one function and one outcome. And when you're biting into, you know, a, a, a beautiful, colorful plant food, you're not biting into one nutrient, you're biting into thousands of phytochemicals. So it is difficult to parse that out. And fiber. And fiber. And fiber. Absolutely. Uh, So, you know, the curcumin, the alliums, the brassicas, the berry phenolics, uh, which includes- It sounds like a delicious meal. Oh, absolutely. Your green tea polyphenols. uh, And the list goes on. The list goes on. There's so many. And there's wonderful- resources. You can PubMed it. You can come to IFNA training and we'll give you all of that information. I mean, it's, it's fantastic. And then, but, but if you want something for the consumer, that's where you really have to go to Jeannie. We have to go to your program because your program is much more consumer facing. It's much, it's really targeted. It's really for the dietitian now to take this wonderful information that they've learned, the science, the biochemistry, the physiology, and now translate it to groups of people, to individuals, to get the word out to heal these people, yeah, to get so better let, outcomes. Let me just take a minute to let our listeners know what you're talking about. So uh, I partnered with IFNA to create a consumer-facing course. So mm-hmm. it is a four-module, it could be four weeks or, you know, it doesn't have to be that way, but it's a four-module course called Nutrition and Detoxification. And what Sheila and her team did was they gave me all the research. They gave me all the content they had that they used to educate the practitioners. So you can only imagine what that looked like, right? And then taking that six months it took us to translate that information into really an eighth grade reading level so that consumers can understand the basics of detoxification. To understand as much as they need to know to have an impact on their health outcome, right? And what we really focus on is the behaviors that they can engage in that will optimize detoxification. And Sheila, the way that you ended here was perfect because at the end of the day, it is about the food that is on their plate. It is about decisions that they are making. Yes, supplementation can be important, but it's going to be food first. And you know their meal plan should and the resources that you give them should be full of cruciferous vegetables and they should be sipping mocktails made with white and green tea and uh, plenty of berries, right? So, you know, that, that is a project that Sheila is talking about. Now that course, that complete course is available to Living Plate Rx members, but we are super excited to offer it uh, as part of this partnership for at no cost to IFNA students, so IFNA community. So courses, you know, it was just a beautiful kind of reciprocal effort. And so many people are going to benefit. And when I say so many people, like Sheila and I do what we do because we care about the health of humanity. And the only way to have that impact is through you, the, the practitioner, right? So we need to support you with education. We need to support you with the tools that you can use in the community so that you're not spending six months creating a course from scratch. Like, you shouldn't be doing that, right? And so I, I do want to finish, Sheila, with you talking a little bit about IFNA Academy, well, IFNA, so the Integrative and Functional Nutrition Academy, and how our practitioners can become educated, not only on detoxification, but everything in integrative uh, nutrition. Yeah, absolutely. I did think, I, I, just to echo what you said, it was such a such a intuitive, synergistic partnership. So I'm really grateful for that. As far as IFNA training is, is concerned, um, I think um, the, the quickest way I can summarize it is that we essentially offer ad, uh, advanced education for practitioners in the field of functional nutrition, integrative and functional nutrition. But there's a few ways people can interact with the program. The most popular way and the most uh, common route is that people go through the entire program. So there's 33 modules, ultimately to take our peer-reviewed board exam and earn the IFNCP, which stands for the Integrative and Functional Nutrition Certified Practitioner. It's a, a, a widely held um, functional nutrition certification and um, very popular. And, uh, and I think this is the most common way to, that people interact with our program. Now, for those who just want the education, they want to go through the training, they don't- Or maybe, really or maybe, or maybe, just, maybe just take a taste of it, right? So maybe, maybe there are some practitioners who are listening right now, Sheila, who, were, who are where you were 
in 2000, mm -hmm. right, trying to make that decision. So how would somebody like that just dip their toe in the water? And, and of course, once they do, they're, they're going to be, you know, lit on fire and want to do it all. But where can they start? And that's exactly where I was going with. So I'm glad you brought it up. I was going to, I was just about to say, and for those people who don't really want to take an exam, perhaps want just personal enrichment, or they just want to sort of trial it, they can go through the tracks. They can start with track one. So track one is just the first six modules. Assess of whether they feel like it's really for them or not. And, and for some, it may not be. And for hopefully for most, we think that they'll love it, right? And then they can continue through the program if they feel that it's really for them. And they, they can they have to decide. One they don't have to decide to become um, an IFNCP right away, do they? Can they just start and then? Yeah. So, okay. so basically, most people come to us, Jeannie, because they well, they want the credential. However, right. some individuals, some people, you know, like we're talking about, want to trial the program. And if okay. you want to trial it, you just start with track one. You start with track one. You see how you like it. If if it's for you, you keep going on, and you can register for one track at a time, kind of like one course at a time. Yeah. We do have a, the ability for people to purchase the entire course at, for one uh, at a bundled rate, a very deeply discounted bundled rate for those who just are ready to do it and they, they, they really value, you know, they want the value. Now, I will say that there are individuals who occasionally just want continuing education. And if that's all they want, well, we offer that too. So on the website, we have a, uh, a page that describes the tracks and the modules in detail. So feel free to take a look at that. The FAQ page is actually um, very detailed. It answers really and truly the most frequently asked questions about labs and what you can do and eligibility. And so there's a lot of uh, details there. And then the, obviously a lot of people ask about the investment. And so those, that information is on the, on the website as well. And what is the website? Can you please share that now? Absolutely. It's ifnacademy.com. I-F-N as in Nancy Academy dot com. Dot com. That's right. Perfect. And uh, there are several tabs. There's a lot of information because people, you know, it's we want people to be able to have as much information as possible. But here's the thing. If you're if you're interested, guys, if you have questions, just go to the contact us page, set up a discovery call. We're here and available. I personally take a lot of those discovery calls because I like to interact with the healthcare professionals directly. So we have some team members, but I also will be on those and uh, available to answer your questions. Amazing. You, you are always so generous with your time and we are so grateful that you joined us today. Oh, I sure. know that our listeners and I personally was just really uh, fascinated by your story because I had actually never heard your origination story. Uh, uh. Just so respect <laughs> what you have done to change the game in the area of integrative and functional nutrition for our community. So Thanks. thank you so much. And thank you for being with me today, Sheila. Thank you. Take care. Bye, guys. And now for your content cure for this week. For this episode, we've put together a detoxification content bundle to support you in having this conversation with your clients. The link to the content bundle is in the show notes. If you have found this episode and resource helpful, please leave a rating below as it will help us reach even more practitioners to support them on their journey to meeting their content creation goals. We'll see you all next week. That's it for today. Thank you for joining me. I trust that you found value in this episode. Be sure to follow this podcast and remember to download your resources in the show notes. Visit us at livingplaterx.com for complete show notes and access to all the evidence-based nutrition content you need to create a thriving practice that serves up the most delicious and irresistible content your clients are looking for. And don't forget to tune in again next Tuesday as we continue to explore the latest trends in nutrition content marketing.